usually over the next two weeks, those Rabbanim get two basic shadows. That was when the light near is Hanukkah and where the light near is Hanukkah. Some of the rest of the book of Hanukkah has gotten lost. I want to spend a little bit of time tonight about the first part, namely, when is the correct time of Yarmacha, the light near is Hanukkah. But the other one said, Shabbos, that the Zman of Allah's near Hanukkah begins in Mishati Shaka Hakama. The phrase Mishati Shaka Hakama seems to be synonymous with what we call today Shkia Sakama. Literally astronomical sunset. You open up the New York Times, whatever time it says sunset is, that seems to be what the Gemara is referring to. That's in fact what the Rambam tells us. The Rambam interprets the Gemara Kipshuta, that Mishabishach Hachama means this is the beginning, this is the earliest time to fulfill the mitzvah of Neres Hanukkah. Nevertheless, if one looks at other Rishon, before and later in the Shukhanara, well, the phrase Mishabishach Hachama takes on a little bit of a different meaning, that it doesn't have a connotation when the sun sets, the rather means later, after, sometime later than actual sunset, which many of you show them interpret to me, but we call Tesekechavim when the stars come out. Rather than spending the duration of the Shia as to how much that is, what's the difference between Shia Sechavim and Tesekechavim, suffice to say there's a little bit of a time difference between the two. So, when is the correct demand of Allah Pesachanik according to the Rambam following the Sifu Pshal and the Gemara, the time is at sunset, towards the Shulchanarach? Following another opinion that we showed us, that in fact the later time, the time of Tzitz Kichavim, when it gets dark. What is the halacha? So in fact, there's different minhagim in Klaisel today. Many of you are familiar that in Eretz Yisrael, many follow the opinion of the Rambam, which is accepted by uh, in the Midrash, at least in Rishalayim, of lighting in Shkia, lighting at the early time, lighting as the sun actually sets. And many of us light at the later time. Many of us light at the time what's known as Tzitz Kichavim. What if a person wants to light before the sun? Whatever your correct time is, whatever the phrase means, what if a person for whatever reason has a need to light before the appropriate time? Is that acceptable at all? So the Raman says no, the Raman takes the Gemara Shutah, the Mishatishaka Chama meaning Shkia. The light before Shkia, according to the Raman, seems to be absolutely no fulfillment whatsoever of the midst of Meris Chanukah. Nevertheless, there seems to be several indications in Allah that this is not necessarily the case. There seem to be several proofs of other areas of Allah as well as within Nukhaz Khanif itself that maybe there is some leniency, there is some room to permit lighting a little bit earlier. Perhaps if there's a particular need, one would have the right to light before the supposedly correct time. Again, whatever that time is, either Shkiyat says, perhaps there are reasons to permit lighting a little bit earlier. There is a din that appears in the beginning of the fourth paragraph of Masechus Barachos when the Gemara talks about when is the earliest time to dive in Myrith. And presumably, davening Ma'ariv means it's supposed to daven the steel at night. So, what is considered to be the beginning of night? So the Gemara quotes a Machlokes at least concerning Tzilas Ardis, whether one can daven Ma'ariv only after the point of the end of the day, whatever that means. Perhaps also be a question whether it means Shkiyot says, or maybe there's room to permit davening Ma'ariv even before that, what the Gemara calls Plaga Mincha. We're going to translate now Plaga Mincha as being an hour and a quarter of Shal's Marios before the end of the day. So the Gemara quotes the Machlokas, the Mishnah actually quotes the Machlokas, both in terms of the end of Davin Mincha, as well as the beginning of Davin Meirev. And the Gemara concludes that if one wants, one can follow the view of Rabbi Yehuda, that technically speaking, one is permitted to Davin Meirev, literally to be held young, presumably when the sun is still shining, at the time of Plaga Mincha. According to many opinions, Plaga Mincha, the argument taken today was Shkiel was about 4.30, Plaga Mincha was somewhere around 3.30, an hour and a quarter shows Marius, that's in the middle of the day, 
sun is still shining, and nevertheless, according to Rabbi Huda, one would be permitted, even the Chachilot Davimayev at this time, and in fact, many of us follow the opinion of Rabbi Huda at least some of the times during the course of the year, those who make early Shabbos in the summertime, the famous 7 o'clock Shabbos, or perhaps a little bit earlier, a little bit later, depending on other factors, are in effect following Rabbi Huda Shita at least sometimes during the year. So there is this notion in Halach, at least in the Chosfila, that maybe, although presumably Davening Mayrav should take place at night, maybe there are grounds to say that night, certain areas of Halacha, perhaps only to them the Rabbana, may begin a little bit before it actually gets dark, and may even begin before it actually shkiyas And this idea that appears primarily in the Chosfila, there are some Poskim who extended this to other mitzvahs to Rabbana, there are some Poskim who extended this idea to Mikra Vigila at night, that perhaps one could be yosu the mitzvah kriyas and the gilah even though it's not quite firm yet, it's not quite night. Maybe plan the mincha is sufficient. There are some who maybe even apply this to spheres of omer, perhaps spheres of omer is the rabbanim. Maybe there's grounds to say the one to perform the mitzvah maybe even maybe on after the time of plan and And maybe the truth, the same should be true for neres Hanukkah. Maybe one can argue that one would be permitted to light neres Hanukkah, perhaps maybe on even from the time of plan and mincha itself. Rather than having to run to some outside area of halacha, such as Hilchos Tefillah, even within Hilchos Chanukah itself, we find precedent to this notion of lighting the Biyoz Yom, namely on Friday afternoon. Everybody lights the Biyoz Yom. Everybody lights before the Shur before Tzitz, and hopefully before Shkir as well. Everybody's lighting nearest Chanukah. Obviously, yes, the Shkir, the Tzitz, obviously would be a prohibition of Chol Shabbos. And yet, we all perform the midst of nearest Chanukah at a time when it's still the Biyoz Yom. So maybe one can derive from this halacha that is clearly permissible and required to light the Biyod Yom, so maybe the halacha accepts that even on a regular Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon of Hanukkah, if for whatever reason a person has to light early, maybe that's also acceptable. So although the Ramadan seems pretty clear that Emad Demon, that one is not permitted to light before the correct man, maybe one can make a case both based on the Dinim of Chesfilah, as well as on the Dinim within of Hanukkah itself, maybe there are grounds to permit lighting early under certain circumstances, and in fact, the Shekhanah quotes this opinion as the Yeshomrim and the later Acharonim assume that we accept the Suleyla Halacha with the limitation that this should be done in a Shafat Chah. There's a tremendous need that a person has to light with the old Yom. So then the Shulchanan quotes the opinion that this is, seems to be the way most of the posts in Mishnah Buddha be successful halacha, that one may in fact light the of Yom after the time of Pada Mincha, with the stipulation the Shulchanan says that the candles burn into the correct mount. Even though we're going to permit lighting early, so the Shulchanan nevertheless requires that the candles go past whatever your definition of the correct amount is, either Shia says, to go for an appropriate amount of time, as we'll see in a moment just how much that appropriate time is. We have some ideas to when the earliest man of Avakas Nechanukah is. What is the latest man? When is the latest possible time one can perform the midst of Avakas Nechanukah? So here the Gemara also talks about the Shaila, but it's even unclear in the Gemara itself as to what exactly is the Sobzman, if any, for the midst of Avakas Nechanukah. The Gemara quotes a statement that there is some type of a shear concerning the mitzvah of Avakas Nechanukah, which the Rambam at least interprets to mean approximately a half hour, the amount of time that it takes for the people generally speaking in the marketplace to no longer be present. What is the significance of this year of Tichla Regal and Ashok of a half hour? So the Gemara quotes two opinions, two possibilities as to what that means. One opinion in the Gemara is the Elo Adlik Madlik, namely, you have an optimal time of beginning at Lacha, either Shia or depending on your Pshat and the Gemara, 
as we mentioned before. And one's supposed to light, preferably at the correct time, at the beginning time. <coughs> if for whatever reason you didn't get around to light it, let's say for argument's sake, the Ramam's understanding that Shkia means Shkia literally. So let's say 4.30 would be the correct time to light. If for whatever reason you didn't get home until 4.45, the Ramam says that's okay. Well, the first day of the Gemara says that's all right. Since it's still within that time frame, that's considered to be acceptable for the mitzvah of Agatha Samadar. However, past that half hour, according to at least one day in the Gemara, one can no longer perform the mitzvah. It's too late. Other yellow bottle kavano, the light after the point of the particular regular there's nobody out in the street anymore. So that would be tantamount to lighting during the daytime. That would be tantamount to eating matzah the next day. It's not considered to be a mitzvah. That even in the heaven, one cannot perform the mitzvah near Hanukkah after the point of a particular regular Then the Gemara calls a different opinion. That perhaps that phrase that Shetichla Regum and Ashuk does not have the connotation of a subzman of Loko, but rather all that statement of the Gemara means is that you have to put in the amount of oil that's going to burn for that X amount of time, Shetichla Regum and Ashuk, which the Rabbim translated to mean a half hour. Probably you should light at the beginning of the night, light at 4 30. If you got home at 4 45, you could light that. If you got home at 10 o'clock, presumably if you light then also, as long as you put in enough oil, even though it's past the point of so the second man of the Gemara seems to say that's okay. Imam of the Shiur, that Lush and the Gemara, seems to understand that there is no self-design of Adlachas Ne'er Hanukkah, presumably as long as it's still the nighttime, even if it's after Tichla Regum and Ashok, that's acceptable. How should we paskin based on these two Lushanis and the Gemara? Taisus and Masechah Shabbos, Says the snake of the Dina, we're not sure, we don't know what the din is. So what do you do when you have the snake of the Dina? So Taisa says, you should like it, there's nothing to lose. You come home at 10 o'clock at night, it's after Tichel Revlam and Ashok. So Taisa says, why not? What do you have to lose? Mecha Taisa, you should like the menorah. Can you say a bracha? So Taisa no. But it's the snake of the Dina, so it's according to one day in the Gemara, it's past this man. So you have no right to recite a bracha, sabi bracha slavah. This is the way Taisa presents, just based on the reading of the Gemara itself. If the Tosis seems to conclude that it's a snake of the Dina and you should light it out of Bracha, then Tosis throws in an entirely different fact. Tosis suggests that maybe the Din is very different as Manazel than it was in the days of the Gemara. It was a very basic change in terms of the Lopez Nechalak that it took place at some point from the end of the period of the Gemara until today. It's already, had already taken place in the days of the Rishonim. Namely, where is the Ikar Mokom HaMokom? Where is Neres Hanukkah supposed to be lit? The Gemara says quite clearly in many places that the correct place to light is Mibachot. There are details in the Rishonim as to what precisely that means, where precisely Mibachot, but clearly the, the HaMokom that the Gemara is talking about is geared towards the B'nai Rishis Arab and geared towards the outsiders. That's going to be the optimal amount of Persimonisa. The Gemara itself entertains the possibility that sometimes that's not feasible, sometimes it's not possible to light on behalf of the Bnei Rishis Arabim. For example, if it's a Shasa Sakona, you live at a time when it's dangerous, either it's dangerous for you or perhaps it's dangerous for the menorah, to leave the menorah out on the street, to leave it out in a place which is going to accomplish the ultimate Pesumidisa. So the Gemara quotes of rice of the Manichal Shachon of that it would be acceptable sometimes just to leave the menorah on the table and just light inside, presumably lighting just on behalf of the family members of the Bnei Habayas, that's also acceptable. Bishas of Chach, he has no choice. So maybe that's also an acceptable method of Adlachas Amidayas. Shun already pointed out that we live in Chutzlots, we live in communities where, at least for the most part, that it's not feasible to light outside. You can light outside, 
some communities in Europe, they would kill you. In other places, maybe they wouldn't kill you. Maybe they uh, send you a summit, maybe they take you another way. So for a variety of reasons, it has become not feasible to light Kedin, as the Gemara describes, what is the optimal amount, the optimal place of lighting. And as such, we have, in effect, equated Chutzla Oretz with Bishasa Sakona, Manicha al That's the only form of Adokas Neiras that most of us are able, many of us are able to perform. If so, that Adlokas HaMinora is taking place indoors, no longer outdoors, so Tosis throws out the very realistic possibility that Asher Tichla Regum and Ashok is fundamentally different. Asher Tichla Regum and Ashok makes sense if you're lighting to the Bnei Ashok, if you're lighting to the people outside, so then it makes a lot of sense that if it's after a half hour, after Shkir, after days, when the people are no longer present, so that uh, doesn't really make too much sense to light the Menorah anymore. You're not accomplishing anything. But if the Menorah is indoors anyway, so my, why do I care whether the Bnei Ashok are there or they're not, uh, not there? My Halakha's Menorah isn't geared towards the Bnei Ashok, it's not geared towards the Bnei Rishas Aram, it's geared towards the Bnei Havayas. So what's the difference whether it's 4.45 or whether it's 10.45? There are people around, the Bnei Havayas are around, whether it's after the point of Asher Tichla Regim and Ashok. So Tosis writes that even if we accept that this Manah Gemara was a snake of the Dina, that one could not recite a Baruch on Allah Qasamunayra after the time of Asher Tichla Regim and Ashok, Tosis argued that it doesn't apply anymore, that since we know the life of the Bnei which is around him, the life of Bnei Havayas, so then he could light. Even if it's the Asher Tichla Regim and Ashok, not the Torah Sophic, but the Torah Zvadek, even recite a Baruch one could suggest, I think, one step further in Thaisus and say that maybe the whole notion about Shatikhla Rebbe Ashok may be fundamentally different today, even for those who perhaps live in communities where they're able to light outside. Many in Eretz Yisrael, in fact, do light outside. Many live in some communities in America who may think they live in Eretz Yisrael, also light outside. So there is a notion of lighting for the B'nai Rishas around that may exist even in our world today. So even if you don't want to take Thaisus' approach that we're lighting for the Bnei Abayis, even if somebody want to light Kedas Chadim the way Havlaka really should have been for the Bnei Rishas Sarabim, maybe one can argue that Tichla Regman Ashuk changes, that even if you're geared towards the Bnei Rishas Sarabim, but clearly the Tichla Regman Ashuk of America today is not quite the same as Eretz Yisrael above all of 1800 years ago. Thanks to the invention of the man by the name of Thomas Edison, things have changed drastically in terms of people's habits, in terms of how late people are up at night. So maybe one can argue an interesting horror. Uh, and maybe it's a light at 4.30 is before the day is around or even there. They're still at work. Maybe 9 o'clock at night. Maybe that's the correct show. Maybe 10 o'clock at night. Maybe 11 o'clock at night. Maybe there are some places where there is no such thing as Tichla Regum Remember the years that I was in the Yeshiva dormitory, so Tichla Regum Ashok was definitely not at 2 o'clock in the morning, maybe at 8, maybe at eight o'clock in the morning was Tichla Regum Ashok, but there was, no, uh, there was no cutoff in the middle of the night, that was for sure. So there are two possible different reasons to defend lighting at a later time as Manazir, either because the whole notion of Tichla Regum Ashok has changed, and in fact the worker Dernam who suggested this, perhaps in a little bit of a different context, there's a famous uh, tradition in the Briskarov that the Briskarov held that Tichla Regum and Ashuk may change a little bit as well as in the following sense. But the Gemara seems to say that all you have to light in terms of your oil, your candles have to last of the Tchila's Manad Lop until Tichla Regum and Ashuk and the Rambam's interpreting Tichla Regum and Ashuk approximately half an hour. What if you live in a place where Tichla Regum and Ashuk is much, much, much later? So maybe you can argue the Chumrah. We've been using Tichlech Menashev Bakula, the Rizkarov suggests that maybe it could work against you also. Mainly, you light at 4.30, but the people are still spazzing the streets until 11 o'clock at night. You have to put in very, very long candles, but you have to hope, as a retorsky said, for a big, big mace, for a lot of, uh, a lot of light out of your little bit of oil. 
that's, maybe that's necessary to create Tichla Redom and Ashuk. That's in fact the tradition that the Briskarov, those are now the streets of uh, Geula, the Briskarov used to live across the street from the old Edison Theater. So at the top of the Briskarov, there was still a movie-going crowd. Well, I think uh, that theater was long out of business. Yeah, it's the Thomas Edison. Okay. So I think that theater, if I'm not mistaken, I think the clientele in that area is not necessarily the theater-going crowd. But the way the Briskarov used to be known, it was the light of the menorah, and it would go until the end of the end of the last show, whatever time that was. Quite a long Achatichal Rebbe Menashuk. But that's picking up on this notion that we're suggesting that Tichal Rebbe Menashuk may change Lafia Mok and Lafia Zman. That's what we need to call this. Maybe there were two Kabbalists in the Briskarov. <laughs> Is there any point, any cutoff point in the Vashatikha Rebbe Mashuk Bismarazer? Let's say, putting aside the step of consideration of the changing with the Amokha Bismarazer, keep in mind what it says in the Rishayim, with the Taisus close, the Ramon effect close to the Chazkhanaka, that Bismarazer we like for the Bnei Abayas, so therefore we have a right to uh, an effect like later, because the Hadlaka isn't the name which is around the oriented, so is there any cutoff whatsoever? So the Mishnah quotes the Machlekes Acharonim, assuming that you're lying to the Bnei Abayas, what if there are no Bnei Abayas up anymore? What if, for whatever reason, you come home, and for whatever reason, you have not fulfilled your mitzvah sablat by leaving out the issues, whether somebody whipped you or didn't like you, it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and assuming that after you haven't fulfilled your mitzvah, and now you want to light there is at 2 o'clock in the morning, you look outside, there are no Bnei Abayas around anymore, and you look around your house, and there's nobody in your house anymore. Everybody's sleeping. What's the day? Can you perform the mitzvah now? The Mishnah seems to assume the that one cannot really perform the mitzvah under these circumstances. Because the whole rationale to permit lighting after the zman is because you're lighting, in effect, gearing towards the day of Ayas. But the day of Ayas, the home sleeping, that's not acceptable. And Mishnah himself in the Sharetzirin quotes that some Acharan disagree with him. Mishnah himself poskins that one really should wake up some of the B'nai Abayas if you want to be here to your mitzvah of Allah Tzner Hanukkah. And he quotes that there were others who disagree with him. He said, Ramesh Feinstein disagreed with Allah. He assumed that one, technically speaking, can be here to the mitzvah of Allah Tzner Hanukkah, even if nobody's around. As a group of Acharan argued, it's slow guard from someone who lives alone. The person lives alone, so we don't find that there's a chiyot, but he has to, his man has never liked this name, so we don't find the Chiyah that he has to go bring people over for every night of Hanukkah to see his mirrors. There's some of there's no one around, so you light it for yourself. You bring the fire for yourself, and maybe for some Anissa isn't uh, an absolutely integral part of the mitzvah. One can argue that the Mishnah himself quotes a group of folks who did argue that maybe uh, under these circumstances one could be out to the mitzvah of Allah Mazda Hanukkah, even with no Prisimanisa whatsoever. There's no B'nai Rishas around, there's no B'nai Abayas. You're not looking to wake everybody up. This is still an open question in the, in the later posthumous. mentioned before that the lighting on Friday afternoon is a unique <coughs> question of Allah in the sense of that according, at least according to the Rambam who maintains that one really has to light at the correct time, so even the Rambam presumably would permit lighting a little bit earlier on Friday, and according to others who say that maybe the DM you can always light a little bit early, but for my everybody agrees that you're going to light the Biyadiyah. As to what the correct time of lighting on Friday afternoon is, in the sense of how does one balance the mitzvah of Lapas Nechamikah and the mitzvah of Lapas Nechamikah, which has Kadima, what's the correct order of lighting on Friday afternoon? So the Bishanim of Masakashab is called in the name of the Baal Lachas Gidolas, 
who maintained that when one lights Nehru Shabbos, Nehru Shanaka, so one has to be careful not to run into the following problem. It's about what was Gedalus understood that lighting Nehru Shabbos constitutes a Kabbalah Shabbos. Once it can be a Kabbalah Shabbos, it goes without saying, one would no longer be permitted to light Nehru Shanaka. Therefore, the Bahag insisted that you have to go reverse the order, you have to light Nehru Shanaka first. Notwithstanding the fact that based on other rules of Allah of Tadim, Shen of Tadim, Tadim Kodem, Nehru Shabbos logically should have preceded Nehru Shanaka. Says the Baal of you can't be hands are tied. If you're going to light Nehru Shabbos first, that's going to constitute a absolute Kabbalah Shabbos. And as such, you're no longer going to be able to light Nehru Shanaka. So this Chiddush of the Baal of Zidolos, this is really working with several premises, <coughs> which are important not only in terms of the Chanaka, but are critical in terms of the Shabbos. Number one, the very basic premise, the premise that Lokas Hadera constitutes a Kabbalah Shabbos that's far from agreed upon by everyone. The Ramban in Masechah Shabbos wonders where that comes from. Why should that be? The Hechatei said that lighting near Shabbos constitutes a Kabbalah Shabbos. I understand if you say Mizmashil Yom Shabbos, you start Dabri Mayrim, you say Kiddush, you say some other kind of declaration of Kabbalah Shabbos. But stop the bench left. What in the world does that have to do with Kabbalah Shabbos? Why should that be any more than Kabbalah Shabbos and vacuuming the floor? Says the Rambam, that's Hakonah, that's not a Kabbalah Shabbos, that's an Arab Shabbos activity, it's a Friday's activity. You have to light on Friday in order to have light on Shabbos. And Mehechah tells you that that should constitute a all any act of Kabbalah Shabbos. The Rambam disagrees with the very premise of the Baal Lachas Kizaylis. But the Pahag assumed this equation that Kabbalah Shabbos and Avlachas Aneir go hand in hand. But not only did the Pahag assume that Kabbalah Shabbos and Avlachas Neir hand in hand, but the Bahag assumed two other things, namely that this happens to Al Karcha. This happens under all circumstances, that there's no way out of this Kabbalah Shabbos. There is a big question in the Rishonim when a person does something that seemingly after the Kabbalah Shabbos, the person makes it tonight, the person makes the condition, so does the person have a right to make it tonight, hereby saying, I'm doing X, Y, and Z, but I'm not the Kabbalah Shabbos? Does that make any sense in the level? So the Gemara does have that notion, the implication of the Gemara, is that there are certain things that are impossible to make a tenai on. Sometimes one does something that constitutes an act of Kabbalah Shabbos, Kabbalah Shabbos, by, by default there's no way whatsoever for a person to make any condition to the contrary. For example, the Gemara talks about, in Asaka's area, that now the Gemara raises the question on Yom Kippur night, whether one should say Shechiyonu ala kol shel yayin. Normally we say Shechiyonu in the context of Kiddush. The Gemara says that Lechachila Shechiyonu should always be recited over a cup of wine that gives Chashiba to give significance to the Shechiyonu. Albeit the Dievet, Afilu B'Shuk, one can perform the mitzvah even out of the context of Kiddush, but clearly Lechachila, one should try to recite Shechiyonu ala kol. Gemara entertains the possibility that in Yom Kippur night we should do the same thing. We should also recite Shechiyonu in the context of a cup. How are you going to do that? The Gemara has a whole discussion about we'll pick up a cup of wine, we'll say a bracha shechiyonu, and we'll give the cup of wine to a child to drink. The Gemara doesn't like that. The Gemara says that's ve'achinah. The kid's going to think this is what Yom Kippur is every year. Every year, year in, year out. You come to show, you say chalidra, you say shechiyonu, you drink a cup of wine. So that's going to be the little kid. There's my mitzvah. We'll think that's also a part of the same day. That's not just ve'achinah. So the Gemara rejects that answer. So the Rishon asks, why doesn't the Gemara just say very simple answer? The person should say shechiyonu and have in mind he should say Shechiyonu Bibiyon Yom and have in mind that he's not doing the Kabbalah Yom Kippur, he can drink the wine. So the Rishon says it doesn't make any sense. You can't say Shechiyonu, Shechiyonu Bikimon 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 and turn around in your mind and say, here's the Mucha Mzuma that's not Manazeh. That's a Sira Mineh Obey. You can't have a 
recite Shekhiyonu and yet have in mind that I'm not the Kabbalah Yom Kippur. That's a contradiction. You nailed it. That's what the person can point out. It's a very relevant issue. When women bench left on Erev Yom Kippur, so many women live far away from Shul, they want to be able to drive to Kalmitre. So, Adin, we assume that one, in certain circumstances, at least a person can bench left with its night. Both can say, that as a woman says Shechianu, says that tonight is meaningless based on this Gemara Masechah Zerib, and it's a clear raya that it tonight doesn't make any sense if you already said Shechianu. So the woman has to bench left on the area of Kippur, and then she has to drive, so she should be instructed Dafkin not to say Shechianu. She should say Shechianu in, in Shul like everybody else. A lot of people get confused. A lot of people forget. They say Shechianu when they bench left, then they go and say Shechianu again by Meir. But a lot of women say, forget to say it the first time, forget to say it the second time. So it has to be clear where one is supposed to say one Shekhiyana per customer per yomtiv. And you have to just make sure which Shekhiyana you say. You can decide you're saying it at first and then not drive the shul, or decide you're driving the shul and say it later. But it's clear from the Gemara that there exists this notion of sometimes there's a Kabbalah which works without it tonight. There's no way to make it tonight. So the Baalachas Gebedas borrowed that notion to Kalachas on there as well. And he said that once you bench lach, it's over. It's a done deal. There's no way for a person to make it tonight on Lachas and Eres. And there's no way to construct a scenario of benching left and then lighting the Ereskan. Once you bench left, it's all over. Tonight is not going to work. And the third Kiddush that the Baha'i has, not only is Kabbalah's Shabbos associated with Allah's Anair, and not only does it work under all circumstances, but it works for the entire B'nai Abayas. Who's benching left? The woman's benching the Shabbos candles, and presumably the man lighting the Hanukkah candles. So how could it be? Why should it be a problem? The woman's going to bench left and the man can't light the menorah. The answer is yes. That's exactly what the Baha'i vote. Like the other Rishon Lord that like that Kabbalah Shabbos is calling the entire household. That once the woman benches left, so in effect she's Makabal Shabbos on behalf of the men as well. So that's a re-kedushim that the Baha'i vote. The Bashem Shabbos, we accept none of these kedushim. Bashem Shabbos, we assume that Allah Kazanera is not really intrinsically a Kabbalah Shabbos. There may have maybe a minute that women have, most women, as not as that we assume, are in the Kabbalah Shabbos with the Blochus and there, but men for sure are not. When men bench left, so in fact they go, they drop the Shulet afterwards, they drop Milch afterwards, that's the minute of Elo. And we assume that Meikra did it tonight does work, even for women, even though the person say one should only use it when it's necessary. And we presumably don't postulate this Bahad. And once the woman benches left, I can't drive the Shul anymore. The minute it was also not like that. So in all three, the three strikes, in all three, we don't really accept any of the Baha'i's premises in Ikra Din in terms of Allah's Nair and Shabbos. Nevertheless, strange as it may be, the minute the Baha'i gets stuck in Nairus Hanukkah. To the best of my knowledge, I think everybody follows the opinion of the Baha'i. When it comes to Nair Hanukkah, that's, we go out of our way, down from the bench, Hanukkah candles first, before we bench left, even though the rationale for it was based on the Baha'i, which they don't really accept the Hanukkah, nevertheless, the minute Yisrael has been at least, at least one, one Shabbos a year, so somehow we end up following, even though it's a little bit strange, because then the wife goes to bench left and the husband anyway goes around to Shul, but that's the way the minute Yisrael in most places is, that we in fact insist on lighting Hanukkah candles first, and then Shabbos candles, even though technically speaking, if one to reverse the order, and for whatever reason, a woman bench Shabbos candles first, so... Then we don't really accept the bar. It would be permissible for the husband, required for the husband to go ahead and light the Hanukkah candles. Let's say the woman, the woman lit candles, the Shabbos candles, and she's listening. So if the husband were to light the Hanukkah candles later, so for her it's Shabbos. She didn't do it tonight. Let's say she forgot normal things. <laughs> That's a big question as to what, what exactly is going on in Eris Hanukkah. When one person is in that appears in the Gemara that one person lights in the air from all the Bnei that's a big question. Is that 
like being mozi somebody in a mitzvah, is that a different word altogether? It means there's a chiv, a bias, a chiv, and all of the bias bias to life. There's a notion of being mozi and yom to make any sense. It's a big, big machaikis. Does it, does it make any sense whatsoever to say that I'm lighting there is Hanukkah, and let's say my child is having in mind not to be yotzei. So some Acharonim have that idea, and others say that well, there's no such thing as not being yotzei in Eretz Hanukkah. If you're part of an Ebani, you're being yotzei by definition. So that's, that may touch upon that as well. Aren't there Shabbos Tavir? Right, right, that's the Rabban's argument. The Rabban says that you should have, you should have thought it would be Choshech to the We can't afford what we do. Somehow we, uh, somehow the Mahag is, uh, has become the standard mitig in most places, even though the rationale behind <laughs> itself, so most of the time we don't really accept this sheet of the back. <coughs> it's clear from the Gemara that the lighting of Hanukkah candles is something that takes place at night. Whether your definition of night thoughts from Shkia, from Seis, whether you can stretch the beginning of the night a little bit, whether you can extend it out a little bit. But if all said and done, everybody agrees that the mitzvah of Lakas Nech is basically night oriented. In contrast to other mitzvahs, and perhaps most mitzvahs in Halacha, maybe the exception of the mitzvahs of Pesach night, which is day oriented, most of the mitzvahs that are associated with Yom Tev, the mitzvah of the mitzvah of Shaykh Nalulov, and even Kriya Samagila, the mitzvah according to Manius Bayom. So Nereshkanak is an exception to the rule, and the reason is, the Risham really explained, it's for a very simple technical reason, namely Shraga Batira Mayahani, that you can't see a camel in the middle of the daytime, so it would have been a little bit strange for the Chachamim to institute a Lachas Nechanak at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and it's not going to really make uh, much of a Roshim. So therefore the Chachamim, in effect, to, uh, went out of the way to institute Nereshkanak at dark at night, even though generally speaking in mitzvahs, most mitzvahs ayom, both mitzvahs midnatari and midrabanan, generally speaking are, in fact, during the daytime. Even though Allah's Nechanaka is clearly a night-oriented mitzvah, there is, a, in many communities, there is a little bit of a Allah's Nechanaka that takes place during the course of the day, and that's the question in terms of lighting in shul. The Gemara doesn't talk specifically about lighting in shul altogether. It's uh, basically a minnow, and the Bar talks about it, and the shul, but Allah quotes it as a minute to light nearest Hanukkah in shul, and the minute that the Tinta, that the Shabbarach is talking about, is the minute that's observed, I think, in just about all communities of lighting at night, lighting at night, whatever time exactly this Allah is taking place, but it's basically taking place at a time when the mitzvah of Allah is Hanukkah would already be able to take place. It's basically at the time of Allah Laila, or at least the Hanukkah version of Laila. And this minute, whatever the rationale of the minute is, is being done at a time when the mitzvah of Lachas Nech Hanukkah would in fact, one would be able to be able to in this house. There are many communities that have an additional minute. The Shulchanach himself doesn't talk about explicitly about lighting the Beelz Yom again. Many communities have that in the morning, so the Gabe comes in and relights the neighbors, albeit without a bracha. The question is, where did this come from? This notion of lighting the neighbors the second time around in the morning, what does that mean with Neros Hanukkah? Mitzvah Neros Hanukkah, that's for sure not acceptable during Mibi of Yom. So that may be a throwback to the Beis HaMikdosh. One of the reasons of lighting the Hanukkah in Shul, which is a question in and of itself, why in the world we do light the Hanukkah altogether in Shul, if it's only a Minog, and this led to a big question about reciting a bracha, there are many who had serious reservations about reciting a bracha, and not Locha in Shul, but what is it all about? Where did it come from? So there are many who suggest that it's somehow tied up to the base of Mikdash, that it's a Zeichel Mikdash. This prompted some Boskim to insist that the Allah only makes sense in Shul, it doesn't make sense in other contexts, it only makes sense in a Shul per se. Um, as such, maybe there's a little bit of a uh, Zeichel to the Allah and Menorah in the sense of the Allah would be Yom as well. The Torah tells us in Bajat Tetzabah that the Allah Menorah has to be Mahalas near Tamid, it has to be a constant flame. Three opinions in the Rishonim, just translation, what does the word Tamid mean? The Rashi and Chumr says 
that the word Tavid means what it means by Kavim Tavid, namely every day. There is no requirement according to Rashi that the manure should be burning all the time. It just means ongoing every day, just as well uh, as a of a bike, just as you have to walk an Ulas Tavid every day, so you have to light the manure every day, or every evening, whenever the correct time of Allah is the Mikdash is. But it's not a 24 hour mitzvah, but it's one time during the course of every 24 hour period. And the Ramban and Chumash disagrees. The Ramban says that there's a partial key in the Lahalas near Tavit all the time. And that's what we call the near Tavit, the Namarabi, whatever that was, was the question in the Tanoik, which can't look precisely. But at least part of the Menorah was, in fact, lit according to the Ramban all the time. And then the other candles were relit every day or every evening, depending on the correct time. And the Rambam has a unique sheet about the Lachas Amenor, the Mikdash. The Rambam seems to assume that the mitzvah was every day and every night, that it was an ongoing mitzvah. The Rambam assumes the Halas Ved Tavakitshutah, that there was presumably never a time in the Mesa Mikdash when the candles were out. So, according to the Rambam's opinion, or perhaps at least according to the Rambam, to some degree, not following Shittas Rashi, assuming that there perhaps was some kind of a din of Ned Tamid in the literal sense, that there was some form of Halacha perhaps that would take place during the daytime as well. Maybe this is the source of those communities that do have locha in the daytime. Not that they're having any mitzvah whatsoever of locha's near Hanukkah. That's not the pshat, because it's the daytime. Shrug of the Tiramayah Hanukkah. But the same way that the locha's Amenorah at night is not really, the locha's Amenorah at night in Shul is also not a mitzvah of locha's near Hanukkah, because it's not in the correct place. It's not near Rishabay, so it's not in the house setting whatsoever. It's purely Zechel Abikdosh. So it could be that that law that exists in some communities, maybe on the other, is also a Zechel It's a Zechel Mikdash, but at least the Ramam or the Ramban Shita has to some form of Halak Nehtamit. It's hard for us to Mechriya Tishayla. Here you buy a Mikdash by a Chalikah, we'll be able to see, before Chalikah, but tomorrow morning we'll be able to see whether, uh, in fact, we should interpret the Halak Nehtamit like Rashi, the Ramam, and the Ramban. Here the Shemesh Zechel Mehebi are made to perform the mitzvah of Allah Kuzamin